0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: All right.
2: Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. What in the absolute hell is going on time? We're trying to figure that out time. Just that kind of year time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on a Monday afternoon. We'll call it late afternoon. Had a couple of business things to tend to this afternoon, so didn't get to record as early as we wanted to. Nonetheless, here we are. It's not just me on this podcast from across town, uh, parts unknown. In the 865 area code, we've got the one and the only Patrick Brown. Pat, my man, what is up today?
1: Uh, nothing, Wes. Just trying to, I don't want to say dodge all the stuff that's going on out there, but its its it's been pretty busy so far today. There's a lot going on, uh, a lot of big stuff uh, with college football, and um, this seems like a very poignant time for uh, – maybe the not only the near future of the sport in terms of the 2020 season but potentially even beyond um so that that seems to be where we're at with uh, everything that's going on and things are shifting and changing and uh who knows what'll happen over the course of however long we're talking on this podcast
2: no kidding uh we're recording this for posterity's sake uh i'll tell you it's around 3:40 40 eastern or so on monday when we're recording this and uh, while we're recording this podcast, we are tracking the Kasim Hill news. It looks like the the former Maryland quarterback who transferred to Tennessee uh, might now be transferring elsewhere again. So we're working on all that. Uh, again, we're bringing this to you as fresh as possible. So when we when we do that, you get to a little peek behind the curtain as to all the things that we're looking at. Uh, but the main thing we're going to be talking about. Oh, hold on, let me. Backtrack one second. Say one more thing. We were also going to have Ryan Callahan on this podcast. We had some technical issues. Uh, Zoom, I guess, is being overloaded. Something's happening. Not really sure what's going on there, so we'll hear from Ryan. Uh, probably later in the week. Won't be won't be much long, though, because we're going to have a few of these podcasts per week going forward. And it, it, it's the news today. It, it, and I knew this, Pat. Uh, when I went uh, to the family farm on Sunday for a day, ha- had to you know, clear the mind, got to go help the family do some stuff. You know, there's some things that, that they got to be done. But when I do that, you, you, not a lot of great Wi-Fi and LTE service out there. So I knew, I was like, I'm going to go. Some crazy stuff's going to happen. And sure enough, it, it seems like – and this is like the Big Ten announces it's going to play the conference-only schedule, right? And then the SEC announces it's going to do the same thing, Pac, Pac-12, all, all these other guys, they're doing that. And then – Last week, the Big Ten decides it's going to release its games. Middle, middle of the week, it released them. Then the SEC released their slate of games on Friday. We had a podcast talking about all that with Tennessee getting Auburn and A&M added. And then it, all of a sudden, it's like the bottom started falling out. And, and you saw that earlier or late last week, the MAC decided it wasn't going to play. A couple of other programs like uh, UConn, some others have decided they're not going to play the in 2020 in the calendar year. But just a few days after the Big Ten announced its schedule for 2020, it seems like now the league is is, is almost trying to say it's not going to play. The the athletic directors, the, the leadership in, in the conference, apparently they had a vote. Uh, if you believe what you're reading online here, uh, it looked like it was 12-2 to two on the vote with only Iowa and Nebraska saying they were going to play. But now, Pat, you, you've got Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach, coming out, your favorite guy, coming out and saying a bunch of stuff, why they should be playing, Ryan Day at Ohio State, uh, Scott Frost at Nebraska. So and, – and you've got a Big Ten official saying they've not made a decision when another reporter said they had voted 12-2 to not to play in the 2020 season. So, Pat – Forgive my French. What the hell do we make of all of this? What 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 is going on? The SEC is saying it's going to stay patient. We know that, but but what's going on here?
1: Well, the, and, and you did mention that there was a a huge groundswell uh, of reaction from players as well on, on social media. Yes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, has been very active. Uh, I think he sent some interviews last week that he you know had no thoughts of opting out. Uh, he's been talking a lot about. Uh, why players need to have a season you've seen justin fields kind of get on board with this too two of the i mean those guys are probably one two in the next nfl draft i mean and, and whether they play a season or not that's probably not going to change for those two guys so um those two without much at stake or i don't want to say leading the charge but have been vocal about uh wanting to try to save the season saying players want to play <clears throat> um you know we've seen a lot of uh the hashtag we want to play has been pretty popular on twitter a handful of tennessee players got in it on uh, got into it on Sunday night. Jake Antano, Brian Maurer, Henry Totoa, Trayvon Flowers, uh, Alante Taylor, who is um, in a leadership position with uh, on the SEC's leadership council, is the vice chair of that uh, yep. player organization. That that was the group that was in, you know mentioned in that uh, Washington Post story uh, where I guess the audio of that call got out and, and people were using that as a you know uh, people were getting all some type of way about that. But, uh, a lot of those players, Tennessee players were, you know, hadn't that, the hashtag didn't start on Sunday, but it, it picked up, picked up a lot of steam Sunday night as news sorted, you know, was getting leaked that the big 10 was pretty much going to pull the plug. I have no idea what the big 10 is doing. They have looked terrible uh, in my opinion, over the last 48, 72 hours. I mean, last Wednesday, they are releasing a schedule saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to play these games. Uh, and then Sunday they're all of a sudden wanting to pull the plug. Uh, apparently the, their commissioner is, you know, thinks the spring season is better, which doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think a spring season is, is feasible at all. I've said that. Um, and, and again, you, you have, word getting out that the season has been, you know, they voted to cancel it. It's 12 to two. The Detroit pre-press says that it's over. And then a big 10 spokes, you know, a big 10 official apparently texted a lot of the national media and say, Hey, we've not had a vote yet. So, I I don't know if if the Big Ten is is posturing. Uh, I think they kind of sounds like you know reading some of what's going on, and there's a lot of people that are uh, much more tapped into what's going on with the situation, particularly with the Big Ten, than I am. uh, That seem to say that you know whatever they do, the the Pac-12 will follow. It seems like they're trying to get more conferences to follow their lead. Um, And and to me, again, I have no idea what changed between Wednesday and this weekend for the Big Ten to suddenly have such a drastic change. In course, from putting out a schedule to saying, "Okay, well, we're just going to pull the plug. We're not going to play." It doesn't make any sense. Um, I, uh, if there's new information that they've gotten, I'm not aware of it. Uh, if there's new information that's out there that they're looking at, I'm not aware of it. Um, we have gotten, as you mentioned, con, you know, some con, uh, a response, somewhat from Greg Sankey and the SEC, basically saying we're going to stay patient. We've been patient this whole time. We've been patient in bringing players back and testing protocols, all of these things. The SEC came out with the its planned last week about uh, requirements for, you know, managing uh, fall sports through a season. And uh, you look at it today, it's August 10th. The SEC is still one week away from even starting practice and they're what, six weeks away from starting a season. So they don't, I don't think they need to make a decision right now. Uh, there will be pressure if the big 10 bails and the PAC 12 bails. Um, and then it will sort of be a battle of, okay, what does the SEC, ACC big 12 want to do? Are they going to stay strong and keep trying to play? uh, or do they side with the other two that apparently are ready to, uh, pull, pull the plug. So, uh, it's changing and the, and, and the, and the dynamic with the Big 10 has gotten pretty weird too. As you mentioned, you mentioned all the, the coaches that have gotten into it, uh, Ryan Day tweeting about how they're, they're fighting to, you know, keep the season alive. You have Scott Frost in Nebraska basically saying, we're going to go play anyway. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you see Jim Harbaugh coming out with, um, you know, I, I have, I've have bashed Harbaugh in the past, but um, if his efforts, uh, save a season of any, of any kind, then I think I will, uh, I'll, I'll have to tone that back a little bit. Cause he, he made a great case. He said a lot of, you know, pointed out that players, you know, Michigan's not had a lot of tests, a lot of positive, uh, COVID tests. And, uh, and I think the big case for everybody is that, uh, players seem to be safer if there's a season. I think that's, that's the main selling point. And then, um, because they will be, uh tested weekly they'll be focused on their sport they won't be uh out and about so um it's just it's, it's changing every so often and and who knows where it's going to end up
2: yeah because if if you and if you said that you're going to test the players you're going to have to test them whether you have a season or not now because you're going to have to do that because you said you were going to do that you told their parents they were going to do you were going to do that you got to do that and if you're doing that without the tv revenue that, then all of a sudden that cost becomes a whole lot more of an issue. And, and here's the way it, it, I had one person describe it to me. And again, this is one person's opinion, and everyone's opinion is all over the place on this about what is happening and what's going to happen. But what I was told uh, is that essentially at the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are either going to or are strongly leaning toward you know, not having a fall 2020 season. The SEC and the ACC are on the other side, and they are doing everything they can uh, from a leadership standpoint from the top of the conference to have a season. And then you kind of got the Big 12 in the middle there, and it's almost going to be like, uh, you know, they're the family Bible. You know, who gets the family Bible? Whoever gets the Big 12, then you have three of the five, and then you can either have a season or not. Uh, Now, again, that's one person's sort of description of what's going on, and I, I trust this person, but I, I wouldn't say that it's definitely this this way because I don't think anyone knows. I mean, we've seen Monday that how do you get a specific 12-to-2 report saying exactly which schools were the ones, the two who voted for it to, to keep trying to play? And then you have another source, you know, the, the Big Ten – texting all these people saying there wasn't a vote that well, how do you go from you had a 12 two vote to you didn't have a vote yet? Were you just having a preliminary vote? Were you just doing a quick head count? It's madness. And I don't know what they're gonna do here. Now'll i I'll say this, Pat. Here's a couple things off the off the bat. First off, I am not an expert on medical science, especially epidemiology. So I do have an opinion, but my opinion is really not that important because I'm not the one making this decision. I'm not a doctor. I'm just going by what these people are saying. But I have always, you know, at least for the past few months, I've been on the better safe than sorry camp because I, I, I think there there is a risk here that is really uncomfortable. And I I, I went back and forth on this, but I I lean personally toward the better safe than sorry camp and don't, you know, if you can make an argument to me that it's safer for them to be playing, then I'll hear that because my concern is the the player's health uh, more than anything else. So if you can make a case that they're healthier by playing, okay, then let's, let's roll here. But until then, until someone can really, really prove that, I've been on the better safe than sorry camp. But here's my problem with this. I don't know what has changed in the past, like, four days or five days for the Big Ten to go from here is your new schedule, here is the new testing protocol, and now five days later you're seriously threatening not playing. What has happened in that time? That's where I have a huge problem here. Did the issue with the St. Louis Cardinals Give them pause. Did the Max decision uh, to not play give them pause? Have they been given information that we don't have yet about how dangerous this thing is? You know, did did a couple of influential university presidents step in and say, whoa, I'm not going to sign off on this? What has happened? What could possibly have happened? In the past, like five days, for the Big Ten to reach this point, Pat—that—that's where I'm just—even as someone who has said be better safe than sorry—that rubs me the wrong way.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I tend to think that uh, for you know for a few weeks back in the summer, it was how can you play if there's nobody on campus. You know that was the big question, and now it appears that uh, player you know there may not be a season if there are people on campus, and that's part of the reason the SEC started late or decided to push their season back three weeks is because yes. they wanted to see what happened uh, when the regular student body got back to campus. Um, and, and obviously that is uh, a potential issue because you're going to have students, uh, regular students who are probably not paying as much attention to the guidelines and, and not being as maybe insulated uh, as football players intermingling with football players in class and, and, in, and in other settings around campus. So um, that that's, I think that's why the SEC moved the season back. Obviously, if college football wanted to make a bubble, we've seen the bubble work for the NBA, the NHL, yeah. um, the MLS. We've seen those things work. Uh, if, it, if college football wanted to do that, they can, but it's too late to do that now. That's not going to happen. Um, the only way a bubble is going to get created is if a lot of universities say, okay, we're going to do only online only online classes as Tennessee did back at the end of March and pretty much everybody did. And I think there's a Um, chance
2: Tennessee goes to that for the fall semester too, by the way, I think there's a a chance. I think there's a better case of that than people have been reporting.
1: And and, you know, if Tennessee was, if Tennessee did do that, I think they'd be the first one in the SEC. If I'm not mistaken, there haven't been that many, that that many schools that have done that because on the university and the academic side of things, there's a lot of money involved too, because they need room and board. They need all those fees that come with having, tens of thousands of of undergraduates on their campus so and how can um, you
2: change the same price if you're not offering
1: yeah and that's you know that that's what complicates this further for for a college football standpoint but i I don't understand how um you know football players if if they're playing a season they're going to be focused i mean we all know what their schedules are like they go to class they go to the complex they practice they work out that's what they do it is not a bubble they won't be completely immune from everybody outside the program but that's what they'll be focused on. So I, I think the case can be made. Uh, and I think some coaches and some players have tried to make it that players are going to be safer if they're playing a season because they're going to be getting tested twice a week. That was part of the sec's requirement to to playing last week was players would be tested twice a week. They'd be tested. Um, three, I I believe it was six days before games and three days before games. And, and their, their recommendation of the task force that the league has put together, which, uh, Tennessee's Dr. Clint, Chris Klink is on, a guy you've heard Jeremy Pruitt mention quite a bit in his interviews over the past several months. Very sharp fella. Um, he, he's part of that group. Um, said that if if there's a way they can get a third test even closer to game day, closer to games, then, then that should be adopted. Obviously, um, I think the MAC decision has sort of gotten everybody a little flustered. The MAC decision to me was uh, they can say it's about player safety, but I think it gets down to player safety because of the finances I money, mean, money, league, money, 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 money. This is a league with a lot of cash strap programs um, that lost huge game checks. I mean, I, I, I read something. Um, I think it was over $10 million in combined game checks. I think Bowling green, who I think Tennessee plays in a few years had two big 10 teams on their schedule. They were playing two buy games. Uh, I think Ohio state and Illinois. Uh, and pretty much everyone in that league has at least one of those games. And those, those you know, those programs aren't, aren't equipped to handle that on top of having to test twice a week. I mean, testing is expensive. You know, we've seen some of the figures that Tennessee was, uh, forking out for, for testing. And it was like, I think $90 for, uh, for the nasal swab and I think 50 for the blood test. I mean, that's $140 per test. If you're having to test two, three times a week for your entire football program, plus your other fall sports, that, 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 that expense goes up really quickly. And so I think that probably more than anything was fueling what the Mac decided. And really they had a ringleader too, it was Northern Illinois. Yeah. Um, that was the program that really, uh, they were pretty much like, we're not going to play no matter what, no matter what the conference did, they were pretty much set their minds on, on not playing. So, um, you know, we've seen other, other programs, I think old dominion on Monday was the latest one to, mm-hmm. uh, to shut it down. Yukon, obviously another program that uh, I guess was so financially in a bad situation that the American athletic conference kicked them out. I don't know if they kicked him out. It just seems like they did. You kind of might have left on its own.
2: It does kind of look like that. It was like, uh, we can say, let's just say it was mutual. <laughs> so, but, you
1: know, um, yeah, there's just, there's so many layers to this thing. And and to me, um, I, I don't understand how players are going to be, quote unquote, safer if they're not playing. It seems to me like they will be, have access to medical staff, access to testing two or three times a week. And I may be wrong. I'm not an expert on this, but. Uh, it seems to make a lot of sense to me that, uh, and, and if players want to play, you know, they want to play. They had the option to opt out of the season. We've seen some guys do it. I've not heard of any Tennessee players that uh, are thinking about opting out. Um, but, uh, you know, th- their scholarships, players who opt out. A lot of them, a lot of the big names are, are opting out, I think, to get ready for the draft. Um, and, you know, they, their scholarships will be honored if, if they do that. If and, and it, you know, and, and and players have that option if they are concerned. Um, I mean, if players want to play and take the risk. Uh, then that's their choice. That said, I think the risk is the big reason why a lot of, a lot of hes- uh, a lot of presidents and chancellors and, and the people making the decision above the athletic director level uh, are hesitant and maybe want to pull the plug. I think that's what's driving a lot of the Big Ten is that uh there's a risk there about liability and and they don't want to be the ones that look bad quote unquote and and there's uh i mean i'm not saying that's wrong but i'm also saying that you they need to listen to more than just the, that then uh they need to view more than just that they need to see what their coaches and their players want um and well there's also a serious it, there's a serious
2: financial component to this too and nobody wants to be the person to really say that because it makes you seem you know like you're uh like you're cold-hearted or that you don't care when, when the simple fact of the matter is if Tennessee, let's look at Tennessee and let's put Tennessee, you know, metaphorically in a bubble here. Let's say that Tennessee is, does not play football this fall. You, at that point, when you look at the finances of how much money comes in through a football season, you, it's almost inevitable that they would have to do some, at least some furloughs, if not laying some people off. I I mean, it, it would be financially, it would, it would hurt a lot of people. And, you know, it, it's a shame that if it comes down to like a corporation or an individual getting hurt, we all know the individual is probably going to be the one who gets hurt. And that's how it's going to be. And there are people whose jobs and sort of livelihoods are, are sort of at stake through this whole thing. And, and that's the other side of it. When you talk about health, when you talk about, well, I mean, someone's got to make money in order to be you know healthy to some extent, there's things you need to be able to have access to like, you know, food, you know, place to live, all these things. There are so many factors in this that deserve discussion. I hope they're getting discussion. And this again to stress this, this is coming from someone who has been in the Better, Safe, and Sorry camp the entire time. I just, I just, it, it gets a little bit frustrating when you consider that there have been months and months to start having plans for this and contingency plans. And if this, then that plans, if this, then that, if that, then this plans, they've had time to do this. You know, it's frustrating. Most of us are working from home. You're doing work on Zoom. It's tough to kind of get things organized right now. There's a lot of variables at play here. But I find it so hard to believe that they could not have done more to at least prepare for these sorts of things beforehand. It's not like all of this is brand new. This started happening in March, okay? The the fact that this happened in March and we're sitting here, you know, four to you know what, three, four weeks before a season would normally start, and six, seven weeks or so before the SEC season, the new one's supposed to start. How are we still in this position? It's almost like the SEC by saying nothing looks looks smarter here just by association. You know, that they've been the that they've been the adults in the room now by saying, you know what, we've got a plan in place. We already pushed the season back. Let's just see where this is in a couple of weeks, and and it, it doesn't sit well to hear that. But but maybe that's smarter.
1: And, and this whole situation, I think, and you touched on this, has highlighted a, a, an entire a complete lack of leadership both at the NCAA level. I mean, they have been just completely, I think, almost anonymous in this process. And I know they don't have yes. much control uh, over big time college football, but uh, I mean. I don't, I don't know what Mark Ember is doing. Is he even paying attention to any of this? Who knows? I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. The big 10, obviously uh, I don't know if they've just got a bunch of leaks. I don't know. Uh, the, it's just, you, you see a huge disconnect between the commissioner and the, the people like the presidents and, and those people making the decisions when uh, they, with apparently no new information that either you and I can see in just five days after announcing a schedule, decide, Hey, let's pull the plug and vote 12 to two. I mean, Uh, even Ohio state who is obviously the, you know, they're the Alabama of that league. Yeah. They were one of the teams that voted to cancel the season yet. You have Ryan day out here, uh, saying, you know, that they want to play and they're going to fight to play. And you have, uh, I think I saw an assistant coach and a player saying, Hey, let's join the sec. I mean, that's, that's the reason that's what, that's the level we've gotten to with this. There's a huge disconnect there. Um, at least Nebraska seems to have a United front because they voted against canceling the season. And now Scott mm-hmm. Frost is out here saying, we'll play anybody. Well, you know, I don't know who they're going to find. That That's a um, very, Nebra-
2: that's a very Nebraska stance by the way, to be like, um, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, we don't different. Care about you we're guys. different
1: from a lot of you guys. We'll go back to the big 12. <laughs> we but, don't
2: really care that much yet.
1: Um, and so, I mean, it's just, you see a huge disconnect there and, and, um, Josh and I think I think the SEC is looking okay with this. I mean, uh, I, I don't think that they, and I said this earlier, I don't think they need to make a decision right now. It's August 10th. You've got some time. Uh, I think they want to see, and, of course, at, at UT, I think people. You know, I think some students started moving into campus this week. You have to see how that goes. Um, it was just, it. you know, there was a report Sunday night that the uh, Big Ten commissioner basically was telling teams to, quote, unquote, go light and practice on Monday. That's just ridiculous, man. You can't.
2: That's yeah, just and, bad and, leadership.
1: And, and no, no, no. Either
2: tell them that you're canceling it or don't. And, like, don't have pads on in practice. And, yeah, uh,
1: and it's just – I mean, it just it – it looks really bad. And then, it you know, you have it leaked out that you've canceled the season, that you've had a vote, and then you come out and say, we've not had a vote. I mean, what are you doing? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, obviously, I, I think the SEC, if, if they can avoid being the only one um, – I think they might will try to do what they can to play but I, if it gets to the point where uh, the Big 10 and Pac-12 dominoes fall whenever they do it seems like they're it seems like it's inevitable If three
2: of the power five, my three of the
1: power, yeah, three of the power five go, then it's going to be, I think, tough. My Um, stance on this
2: has shifted from thinking one of the five would be enough. I I thought if any of the power fives canceled, they would all follow, fall in line. My thinking on that's changed now. I think now it seems like it's going to be majority rules on that, maybe.
1: And it might come down to the Big 12 because I think they're probably going to get pulled either way. Uh, they're kind of the one in the middle. They were kind of the last one. Yep. Um, everybody else went conference only um, or kind of, you know, ACC didn't go conference only, but they they got out there with their plan at a certain time. Um, I think they were third in line to do it. Um, and so I think the SEC and ACC want to play. Um, uh, the Big 10 and Pac-12 seem to be a little bit more, hesitant for uh whatever reasons i don't know what's changed that make them that have made them do that over the past few days um but uh it seems like the big 12 if they fall one way then the other two um then the sec and acc may find it hard or they might just say screw it you know we saw this with the sec and this was pointed out i think by jay crow of our georgia site uh the acc put the sec under a little bit of pressure when they were like okay we'll play one yes. conference game because they wanted to keep yes Clemson South Carolina Florida Florida State those those games and the SEC was like we don't care (laughs) I mean they were like we're gonna do our own thing forget you guys so uh that said I I haven't you know I think that would be pretty cool if the SEC was just like well we're the best conference anyway we don't need the rest of you jokers we'll We'll have a we'll have a national champion you'll know Uh, who it is yeah and it it, and again it's it'll be disappointing I know I know college football is a lot different from some of these other sports but just look at I mean Wes at this point what sport hasn't come back in America they all look different. They've all had some issues here and there. You know, MLS had to kick a couple teams out. Yeah, football, MLB, fo- football ML- because
2: of all the contact and the size of the rosters, is always going to be the headache there. But True, yeah. but the
1: NFL seems to have good testing numbers, seems to have had low results so far on positive tests. They've had a lot of players opt out, but, again, they had that option. And those players are still getting a pretty nice paycheck to not play this season. So, um, and, and, of course, obviously the big difference between the NFL and college football is that um, – you know college football players aren't paid um and and the other layer to this whole situation is um you know they're, they're starting to want to get their voice heard and they're starting to want to um you know there's talk you know forming a player union getting some cut of the revenue all that stuff's been bannered about and that may be another reason that that some of these presidents are uh you know because if they play they might have to give in to some of those demands i know it's as it sounds hypocritical at but a
2: time when their cash flow will already be going down a lot
1: yeah and and but some of this stuff to me is past too i mean oh
2: i agree i I'm, i i'm i'm definitely on there on the player side of that 100 I, I don't
1: i don't know that that this is a whole nother conversation i don't know that universities need to be paying players to play but i think players should be allowed to get their market value i mean if, if players want to you know get a cut of their jersey sales you know that that's always why, been, why should that not be a problem and that may be that's that may always be driving been the loophole
2: some, that i see is, is 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 the good loophole which is yeah, if an individual player's jersey is sold
1: yeah <laughs> and, and Tennessee's they brought in a, a a group called influencer to help players build their positive you know build their brands on social media build their followings and it's sort of a to me a a, a first step in preparing for the name and image and likeness that that i think at some point is going to hopefully for the players sake uh get passed but I think that's another layer to this this problem is that um, if you have to play, if you play this season, then you also have to deal with that, and maybe they're just trying to kick that down the can. I don't know. I so, don't know what's going on, Wes. Do you know what's going on? I don't know if anybody knows what's going I on.
2: I don't know if we do, but I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, step away, pay some bills. We're overdue for a break to get in some products and services and in-house ads, and we're going to come back and we're going to have a quick discussion before we get out of here on what – Tennessee can do right now. What, what can Tennessee do? What should Tennessee be doing? How do you go about dealing with this right now? Uh, how do you keep players in line? How do you, I mean, there's all sorts of things to discuss about that, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what Tennessee can and should and, and maybe could be doing right now. Hashtag add.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
2: Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to us from parts unknown in the 865 area code here on a Monday afternoon. Got a couple of quick housekeeping items. First off, please, please, please go in and rate and review this podcast. It'll take you just a second. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podica- uh, Apple Podcasts, did I say podcast? I just did Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you're getting this, you know, tune in, Stitcher, iHeart, wherever you're getting this, go in, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, please. Nothing you can do will help us more than that. So please go in and do that. And second note, uh, quick note, just wanted to to send a. Good thoughts and uh, thank you to our, our, our boss, Shannon Terry, who was the founder, CEO of 24-7 Sports and uh, kind of convinced me 10 years ago to join this thing. Told me exactly what this company was going to be and it's been all that. And then some, uh, a guy who has just been an absolutely enormous uh, presence on the uh, college sports landscape for a couple of de- few decades now really and uh, he has decided he wants to move on to other things and we're going to be sticking with CBS here and uh, but just really 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 I owe Shannon a lot I know a lot of us owe Shannon a lot he's a he's a genius in this business he's a really good man and I'm not just saying this because he's my boss that trusting that dude was one of the smartest decisions I ever made. So thank you, Shannon and good luck in whatever's next, whatever it is, I'm sure I'll, you'll kill it.
1: I'll echo that as well. I've not been uh, as part of 24 seven sports from the, from the jump as you were West, but uh, the guy just knows this business. I mean, he knows what works and knows what doesn't. Um, I think he's done a really good job continuing to evolve uh, this network and, and building it uh, towards the future to adapt and improve. Um, And uh, his mantra, I know he's adopted it from somewhere, but just do your job. Just do your job. I think if we just all did that, we'll be a better place.
2: Yeah. And uh, I just, uh, I'll say that quickly. Just, just again, thank you to the guy. He's, we're going to, now it's going to change nothing for us moving forward. We're still. You know, where, where we were, everything on the site's great. Still get the CBS All Access, everything. In fact, we're, we're going to be now sort of molding even more into uh, into the CBS family. So it, it, it's really good, really exciting news for us. And, you know, just really exciting news uh, for Shannon to move on. I know that he has his daughter's uh, marriage or wedding, I should say, over the weekend. So congratulations to the Terry family. Thank you for everything, Shannon. And now we'll move on. Uh, Tennessee, we discussed in the first segment, Pat, what, what in the world is happening or what we think is happening right now throughout the college football landscape, which is basically no one knows. Uh, The Big Ten in particular looks like it's kind of running around a madhouse right now with with crazy reports going on. Are they playing? Are they not? Here's the schedule. Here's the protocols. Then we're not playing. The SEC saying, you know what, we're going to be patient. We've already pushed the start of the season back to the 26th. We've already adapted the schedule. We've put protocols in place. And we just announced on Friday the the schedule, you know, or at least not when the games are going to be played, but who each team was going to play. And I, we've been over this. I don't think the SEC maybe handled that uh, the most fair way possible throughout the entire league. Sorry, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, you know, you guys, you, you didn't really get it so, so good there. But uh, I'm with the SEC on this. And I've been someone from the beginning, Pat, who has said, again, I've said better safe than sorry, but I don't know what's changed in the past five days. I don't know what could have changed then. So, if you're Tennessee right now, what are you doing? We, we've not heard anything with the SEC dictating some drastic changes to practice. Uh, they're going to have one extra off day during the week for a few weeks, uh, which I'm again I'm not entirely sure what 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 that changes. But bottom line is they're still geared toward getting ready to start the season on the 26th. So, if you're Tennessee, do you just go about this like you're gonna play i mean what 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 do you do here
1: yeah you go about it like you're gonna play you just keep you know you don't know if there's gonna be a season but you have to kind of assume that there is gonna be one um uh and we actually this i don't want to say what i don't think we have a breaking news jingle this isn't really breaking news dun, 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 dun. um but uh dondi plowman who is tennessee's chancellor the chancellor of the knoxville campus uh posted on twitter just a few minutes ago. Uh, that she had met with the football team and the coaching staff uh, on Monday afternoon. Uh, I'm reading her tweet this afternoon. I met with the wet with our football team and staff to have an open conversation about playing football this fall. At the end of our discussion, I asked if they wanted to play football and the answer was a resounding yes. She added in another tweet, this group of student athletes have worked hard to prepare for the season amidst detailed and strict, healthy, healthy and safety protocols. I can't wait to see them on the field in Nealon stadium. I mean, get fired up, people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, Do- Dr. Plowman has been someone. It's weird, as someone who's covered Tennessee for what twenty years. Phil Fulmer
1: raves about her.
2: Yeah, that's what's big what, time. That's what I'm and getting. It's not at. just. I mean, it's weird to because when you have that job, you are having to be. Um, you know you're you're having to work for everybody you've got athletics you've got the academic administration clearly you've got the state politicians you've got different student groups you've got a whole bunch of people who don't always get along and you are the one having to basically herd cats it is a really really difficult job and unsurprisingly um it's hard to find someone who's really, really good at it. Tennessee has had several, UTK's had several Knoxville chancellors throughout the years, uh, most of them not so popular. uh, But this woman, I'm telling you, the people who work for her from the academic side, from the athletic side, people seem to love this woman. And for her to come out and do that, I mean, you can see again why Fulmer and those guys, you know, Pruitt, they all rave about her. I mean, she just seems like she has a lot of people – excited about what she's doing and and pat i know that that you've been around ut athletics for a while too it's kind of weird isn't it to have a chancellor that everyone just kind of (laughs) loves
1: yeah because because a a few of the more recent ones were not loved uh just to put it that way yeah um and it seems like she has uh the i don't want to say the best interests of athletics but i think she has a good understanding of what athletics means to the university as a whole um, and I think some past chancellors and, and other people in that position maybe have not had that same mindset. Um, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Wes, but I think she came from Nebraska. Uh, yes. So and now she's worked, at saying, U, she's
2: worked at YouTube before, I think, but then she went to Nebraska and then came back.
1: Uh, so maybe maybe as we've seen with Nebraska today, they kind of, I don't want to say they don't care, but they're going to do their thing. I mean, and, and maybe that's her I don't know. I'm, I'm probably reaching with that, but uh, certainly, um, yeah, I think she, she is someone that you hear a lot of good things about from people both uh, talking publicly and also talking behind the scenes. But, uh, yeah, if you're Tennessee, you got to keep doing what you've been doing this whole summer, uh, and that's uh, get ready to be ready. You don't know when that's going to be, uh, although I guess now they have a little bit more of a, of a date and uh, on, on in terms of what's target. Uh, a week from Monday is the start of practice, the 26th is the first game. They still don't know who they're going to be playing. Uh, in that first game i'm sure coaches across the sec are like come on let's get the schedule out or at least tell us who we're playing first so we can start start preparing um but uh it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, sort of juggle the practice schedule because it's not like they're going to have two weeks of a quote-unquote camp because two days after uh tennessee starts practice is when their their fall classes are supposed to start usually that's they've been practicing for two or three weeks up to by that point so That'll be a little bit different. I'm um, interested to see how Pruitt and, and then manage the start of camp. Do they? Uh, you don't want to jump into it too fast right away because these guys, again, a lot of these guys haven't practiced football other than twice back in March. Uh, some of them haven't practiced since, you know, Jacksonville, which seems like it was eight years ago, doesn't
2: it? Though. Um,
1: so I think uh, listening to some other coaches talk that have started practice. They said, "Hey, we're we're not we're not going crazy here. We're we're kind of easing them back in." I think even with some of the practice limitations uh, that might be the approach that Tennessee takes just so they don't uh, push too hard too soon.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I think that, that the, it, it's been good to see that, that throughout this entire thing, uh, again, I, I it, we're not just sitting here 100% just trying to be optimistic. We're trying to level-headedly bring you the news here. It seems like uh, from Tennessee, you've not had a lot of dissension in the ranks. Uh, you, you've had a lot of people who were either on the same page or very good at letting the public think that they're on the same page because they seem to be kind of, you know, walking on the same line here saying they want to play, saying they want to do it the right way, saying they still care very much about the the safety and the health of these players. But, I mean, I, I don't know what you do if you're Tennessee other than you look at it and you have that board that says whatever X days till you know, you play the game you don't have an opponent to prepare for yet you you know you know which 10 teams you're going to be facing if the season happens so you just go about your business and you prepare your team physically as best you can to get ready for that game and and since they've been there or since Pruitt especially's been there he's basically had the anyone anywhere anytime mantra philosophy and so when he says He's on board with getting his team ready to go. I think that's exactly what he's doing. I think they're going about their business. They're having their meetings. They're they're lifting weights. They're running, conditioning, doing all the tests and protocols. Obviously, uh, having you know external speakers come in and speak to the program. I I think they are, as far as I can tell, handling this the right way.
1: Yeah, and and that's that's what you would expect. I mean, you want your leaders to be handling things the right way, and this is. Um, this is new for everybody. This is new for Jeremy Pruitt. This is new for Philip Fulmer. Um, I think it's—I don't want to say Fulmer's been a fish out of water, but uh, it, it's a jump to go from from you know coach to administrator. Um, that that's that that takes sort of a uh, you know it's it's not it's not easy, um, and especially not easy when uh, while you think you've got it figured out, the world throws a, pan, a pandemic at you, and you're having to deal with your spring athletes having their seasons canceled. Uh, you're having to deal with your winter athletes having their post-seasons canceled in some cases. Um, and then you're now having to deal with your, um, the, the program that makes you the most money and keeps your athletic department uh, functioning and, and and profitable, you know, the threat that that season may not happen. And, and um, there's so many different layers to to that job that, that he's had to, to learn. So, um, but you would expect, uh, I, I think, You know, I think Tennessee's doing the right thing. They've had a lot of discussions for weeks and weeks about how many people they want to try to get into the stadium. Uh, I don't think they'll do anything that that would put any fans at risk as best they can um, if it gets to that point. Um, And and I think they're doing the smart thing by, uh, like the SEC's doing, giving it some time, giving it as much time, seeing what the numbers are uh, with active cases and all that stuff, um, and trying to monitor that thing and trying to monitor those things and see – uh, what decisions they can make when they need to make them. Um, and at some point that, you know, those decisions, whether it's playing football, whether it's getting people in Neyland in Stadium to some uh, a limited capacity, if at all, um, there's going to come a time where those discussions have to turn into decisions and they have to turn into action. Um, and, and hopefully the SEC and hopefully Philip Fulmer in Tennessee will uh, be perhaps maybe more ready to show better leadership than than some than we've seen in some other uh, spaces of college athletics.
2: Yeah, I'll end on this thought. I, I I think Pat that if I'm if I'm a student athlete, if I'm playing football or any other sport in Tennessee, uh, there's a couple things that 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 I really really want to know. I want to know, you know, do you have my back? I want to know, do you want the best for me? Are you doing everything in your power to do two things? One, make sure that I'm as healthy as I can be uh, in in every way, and and two. Are you trying to 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 let me have the opportunity to play, but do it safely? So I want to know that they're doing. I would want to know that they're doing everything they can to have some sort of a season, um, and that they're doing it as safely as they possibly can. And if they've given it their best effort and they don't think they can do it safely, to then be honest and say we can't do that, you know. And, and I, I just I, I would. That's what I would want to know. I would want to know: Are you letting us play? Are you doing everything you can to let us play? Uh, but if it's if it's not safe, are you going to pull the plug? That, that's that, that's the two things I would want to know. Now, maybe there are other things for everybody else, but if I'm if I'm a student athlete, that's my checklist right there. And I want to know: Have you prepared for this? Are you trying to Are you trying to let us play, but be safe? I think that's a fair thing, isn't it? I mean, I think that that's that's what you want if you're a student athlete.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of them want to play. I think they've made that pretty loud and clear. Unless Coaches there's coach, unless there's a play. They,
2: Unless there's a reason they can't do it. In which case, be honest and tell them the truth. Right? I, mean, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, Pat. You got anything else? I know we've been working on the Cassim Hill thing. Anything else going on, pressing? Yes,
1: he uh, does intend to transfer. Have that confirmed. He is not uh, in the transfer portal as of uh, a little bit ago, and I checked.
2: So he will be. Or had moving.
1: had my sources check.
2: He will be moving on to other pastures. He's talented enough to to play somewhere. I don't know if he was ever going to be good enough to start at Tennessee, but he's good (laughs) enough to play somewhere.
1: I I did not consider him a a factor in the uh, in the quarterback situation.
2: I didn't really either. I didn't want to discount it because he had experience and he has some ability. But I just, when you look at the other guys in Tennessee's room, I I think that it was hard to see him passing all those guys. Basically, is where I was on that. I appreciate it, Pat. Thanks, man. No problem. That, was the, most cord- that, to help you that was the most cordially I think we've ever said goodbye on this podcast, Pat. We should end it on that positive note.
1: Yeah, we better stop before I say something mean.
2: <laughs> Good point. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm West 247 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can go to twitter.com slash twenty four seven and get that. There'll be Nothing uh, really non-vol related on there. Or you can go to facebook.com slash govols247 where it's mostly Tennessee news, but there are other important kind of conference and national notes on there throughout the day as well. Or if you want to get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring water right from the tap, go get that at govols247.com. Always got a lot of good deals going on, the 50% off deals, all kinds of stuff. Go check that out right now. GoBalls247.com. It's it's coverage of Tennessee football, basketball, football, recruiting, basketball, recruiting, baseball, all the women's sports. Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all the women's sports for us. We've got all that stuff for you throughout the year at GoBalls247.com. Rain, shine pandemic, whatever, we're going to be there. We're going to be covering the Vols. And if you pay us full price at GoVols247.com, which is still cheaper than one mediocre lunch per month, you can do that. And you get free access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform, which is uh, everything in the CBS catalog. Movies come in and out all the time. You've got uh, Nickelodeon for the kids on there. you got Smithsonian on there for the kids. Uh, You've got uh, Comedy Central there. You've got BET. All kinds of stuff that's in the CBS Viacom family. You get access to all of that. I highly recommend it. It's a $100 plus annual value that we're giving you for free. For free if you're a full-paying member at GoVols 24-7. It's cool. No one else can give you that, but we can give you that. Happy to do that. Also, last thing, please go rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We know you're listening to it. We can see the numbers. Go in there, and in addition to listening, while you're listening, while you're listening, go in there rate and review it. It's going to help Tennessee fans across planet Earth and perhaps beyond find information on the Vols. And I think if nothing else, guys, you'll hear from us probably by Thursday at the latest. But I have a feeling something will happen before then, and we'll probably have a breaking news one before then, because that's just the way the world is now. See ya.